Welcome to the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. We grew up with a bipolar mother addicted to pills who experienced a lot of hardships. We started this podcast to talk about our experiences with you. You can really start to feel lost and trapped in their world. And we're hoping our crazy, sometimes funny stories, living with someone like that, helps you to feel normal, whole, and happy again. If you have little ones around, though, this would be a good time to pop in your headphones. Our discussions are for adults only, please. Hi, I'm April. And I'm Amanda. And we're so happy that you're joining us for our fourth episode of... Of course, they make me crazy. You know, last time we talked about our grandma, who wasn't your typical grandma, in that our grandfather came clean to her that he was gay, and he left her to raise her six kids on her own. And you probably recall, if you were listening to the last couple of episodes, he left her for his lover that he met at a nudist beach. Same nudist beach he took the family to on vacation. If you haven't heard the story, you got to go back and listen. <laughs> Can't say, though, that Graham's ever got over that. She was always on the pursuit, though, to find her a man. She loved telling dirty jokes, had a stash of playgirls, worked on an assembly line in a factory. She loved our mom and us grandkids with her whole heart. But once she retired, she became very dependent on our mom. Now, neither one of them worked. They'd just sit on the couch all day, smoke drink Diet Coke, they'd pop pills, watch TV, they'd sleep, they'd wake up and do that same routine all over again. They fed off of each other and not in a good way. And it was really hard to break them of that lifestyle. As a matter of fact, we never did break them of that lifestyle. It could have been easier maybe if there was just one, that would have even been hard. But y'all, we were dealing with major double trouble. Right, man's? Serious double trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying, though, on a serious note, to watch someone that you love fade away mentally. And if you've never had to experience anything like that, then, you know, drop to your knees, consider yourself lucky and blessed, and and thank the Lord. You know, it's hard and it's gut-wrenching. And if you have been through something like that, then you understand what kind of stress it comes with. You hope and pray their pain away, and I should say that I really hope and prayed mom's pain away. I tried, that is. There were days I thought my prayers were answered, and I'd say, yes, thank you, Jesus. I knew this day would come. Mandy, have you ever had that conversation with yourself where you thought mom was like all of a sudden miraculously uh, healthy? No, um, for some reason, I always just knew it it was like, okay, how much time did we have of mom's high? Because she'd go, maybe if we got lucky, a week of her, you know, washing her hair, taking showers, getting dressed. And, but with me, it was more like, okay, how long do I have of mom before she crashes and she's sleeping on the couch? See, so you, you were smarter than me in a way that I think a lot of times I felt tricked that you know, she was coming back. She was going to be normal again. She was talking and she was laughing. And maybe it was just my hope, you know, that I had so much hope that I fooled myself. You know, she was cleaning, she's making dinner. And I think to myself, thank you, God, my goodness, it's about time. And then, you know, just as you said, Amanda, two days would go by, three days, maybe even a week. 
-hmm. And then you'd realize, nope, that was just a good day. That was just a good week. She was on her high. Yeah. And it was seriously, it's, it's sad to say for a child having to go through that, but I just, I grew up with mom like that. I mean, it, it happens when I was five years old, it started to happen. So yeah, I would, I would literally say, okay, do I get mom two days this week or, or this month or half a year? I mean, you, you never knew when she was going to get her highs and get right. her load, you know? So that's, that's how I handled things was I'm going to take it like, yes, mom's moving, take it all in while I can, and then deal with the lows when they came. Yeah. And those lows were low. Very, very low. And no matter what though, I believe you should never really give up hope. And I'm talking about really hope for yourself. Otherwise you'll, you're going to quickly lose yourself in their world. You have to do everything you can to get in a good place. Go grab a drink with some friends, work out, go see a movie, go laugh, you know, be selfish and do something that makes you happy when they're in that low, you know, just go. And I'm not saying leave them if you think their life's in jeopardy, but get away enough to save your own life and sanity. You you have to. When you're going through something like that, if you have a loved one, you, you just... You have to. So like, like you're saying, you don't lose your own sanity. Like our father did almost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he kept it together, but he did. He did. I don't, I don't know. He'd have emotional meltdowns. I mean, there would be nights and days that I'd say, how do you do it? There would be, and I hate to even admit this, there would be times where I would say, you should go find yourself a girlfriend. You and me both told him. Yeah. And it really was okay with me. Like in my soul, I felt that that would have been okay. Me too. Just, and and I knew it was wrong and I felt bad in a sense, but then I I just wanted our father to be happy. That's all. Right. Yes. As long as it was done in the right way, but we never had to worry about that because he never did that. Excuses like we even told him, Dad, if you want to leave her, we support you. Well, who's going to take care of her? You know, who's he just would come up with excuse after excuse. He just like he had hope for her, like like you you did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, she was always so beautiful, and when she before she got sick, she was very vibrant and loving and a workaholic, a mama-holic, a cleaning-holic. She loved him. She'd shower everyone with love. And then, you know, she just gradually, when this sickness hit her, she just stopped caring about things. And you've heard me talk about how, you know, with grandma too, neither one of them would leave the house without their hair done, their makeup on. And they did it even if they weren't leaving the house that day. Sometimes they do it just to feel good. And then that all just kind of went to the pooper eventually. I think she just lost hope and then she lost her purpose dealing with her own inner demons and illness. You know, she wouldn't shower for days. The only thing that really seemed important to her were her pills at one point. Now, I moved out of the state in my mid-20s for work. So there were times I would have to go home and I'd go home just to visit. And she'd wake up like at three o'clock in the morning. I would hear her crawling up to the bedroom where our dad sleeps. I'm a very, very, very light sleeper and it's even worse when I'm home visiting my parents. 
Mom normally slept on the couch, by the way, and she's done that since as long as I can remember. She says she did that because she always feared that my biological father, my dad, uh, not Amanda's dad, uh, who she says was very abusive, was going to show up again one day. Even though it had been decades since he had come around, she still feared that. So she slept on the couch. And she was crawling because she really didn't have enough strength to walk sometimes. I could hear her asking our dad for more medicine in the middle of the night, and he'd be like, go away, go away. You're not getting any more. Not until I wake up in the morning. I just gave it to you three hours ago. Go back to bed. Now, and she wouldn't let up, would she, Mandy, most nights? No, it's, it was pretty much an every night battle with dad. And honestly, I, sometimes dad would just get so tired, and he'd just give in. Yeah. Honestly. It's sad to say, but he, he wanted to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just as we said before, he had unconditional love for our mom that I always appreciated. I believed and still believe that he held on to hope for many years that his vibrant and sweet wife would appear again one day. Yeah. So a couple of episodes ago, we mentioned that we had to lock mom's meds up. Well, now you kind of understand why. <laughs> and even though her meds were locked up, mom was still able to get her greedy fingers on other meds. How does she do that? Well, Grams, her pills weren't locked up. And where was Grams? Sitting next to mom on the couch. <laughs> Double trouble, remember? <laughs> mom was still driving at this point. And that is crazy and scary as shit to think about. And Mandy, you have a story to back me up on that one. Yeah. Um, she, uh, I was in, I, let's say, junior high or say freshman high school, wasn't driving. And I had a boyfriend out in uh, another city from ours. And she came to pick me up like she normally did. Was in a good mood, wide awake. I mean, she had energy. Like, I was like, you know, mom's in a good mood. Like, kind of felt like something was a little off, but she w was totally coherent. We're driving. I must have been looking down or looking out the window. I don't know. But all of a sudden, I look up at mom, and she is knocked out freaking cold. Knocked out cold. Driving 35 miles down the road. And mom, that's when mom was gaining her weight, you know, so she was bigger than me and I, I couldn't get her awake. I, I literally had to go, I'd say about a good three miles down the road with her foot on the gas. I don't know, uh, somehow got her foot knocked down, pulled into the gas station, parked the car. And I was just screaming and crying at her begging her to wake up. Dad was going to be coming around the corner anytime from work. And I mean, it was just, I, and I didn't know, like, I didn't know what had happened. And then I, you know, go to look open her purse and she's got three pills, a bottle. She'd just seen her dang doctor out in Clyde or wherever. Had Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. Mr. Dr. Feelgood had, you know, stocked her up on every damn pill you can imagine. But I mean, and I don't know how I did it. I honestly, I don't know how I did it because I'm only four, seven, 90 pounds. I was about the same then. Got her about 200 pounds, would you say? Eight yeah, around there. Yeah. 
I, I, I had to drag her body across the hood of the car and get her in the passenger side. And I get in the drivers and have no idea how to drive a car. Never tried. First time. Pull out of the gas station and who pulls right behind me? Dad. He's screaming and yelling at her. And that I just, I said, Dad, what's the point? She's totally incoherent. She's not going to remember the thing. Yeah. It, it was mind blowing and it was terrifying. And it just happened so quickly. Literally within a She's talking one minute, and the next she was gone, like, out, like a light. Like, it was insane. But, yeah, that was one of, thank God, I safely got the car pulled over. Thank God. And nothing had happened that time. And our biggest fear became when she would get into a car one night, she'd hurt herself or someone else, as you could see, would be very easy with mom. And so there was a point in time where there was a huge debate between the family as to whether or not we should take the car keys from her and not allow her to drive anymore. We were walking a really thin line because taking the car away meant that was taking her freedom away. None of us wanted to do that, but we all felt it was the best decision. Our dad started, started to lock the keys up away while he was gone at work. But, you know, it reached a point that it had to be done. Mom had been crashing the car too many times. And I'm not saying like totally destroying it, but Mandy, she was bruising the bumpers here and there. Wasn't she was, she was side swiping things here and there. I mean, she, she's, she totaled it a couple of times. Uh, one I can definitely remember she pulled out in front of a car and uh, slammed into the, uh, the pole across the street from Bell road. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, you know, our dad was putting thousands of dollars into fixing the damn car every month. Yeah. And, the, and the kicker of the whole thing, it was their nice car she was driving. Yeah. I used to say to him, I'm like, why the hell are you giving her the nice car? Take the car and drive it for work. He's a sales guy, so he'd drive around all the time. He's like, I don't want to put the miles on it. Like, who the hell cares? Mom's banging the shit out of it left and right. What does it matter anymore, <laughs> you know? But you can imagine that taking the keys away from mom did not sit well. She thought, they think they control me and they can't control me. And so a month or two after the keys were taken, she saw them dangling from the hook. It's like, it's like you know, a puppy wanting a treat. You know, should I go for it? Should I not? Should I go for it? I'm just going to go for it. She went, she went right for it. She didn't even think twice. <laughs> Okay, so she was basically like a shark with a piece of red meat. <laughs> yeah, because how mom would think is he's going to take my keys away from me. Well, she was like, hey, I'm going to get back at him. <laughs> yeah. That, that was how mom worked. I mean, it was, it's, it's how bipolar works, unfortunately. Yeah, he forgot to put the damn things away. So mom wanted a few things from the drugstore. So she jumped, as Mandy said, at the chance to take her freedom back. She hopped in. She got a mile or so down from the house. And then police say that the drivers, or other drivers rather, called them to report that someone was serving, swerving in and out of traffic on the main road through town. So somehow mom got turned around and started driving full-fledged down the wrong side of the road. And then she hit a car head-on carrying three teenage boys, or three teenagers. I'm not sure if they were all boys. 
So Grams was staying with mom that night and not sure what she was doing at the time, knowing her, she's probably sleeping and didn't know mom even had left, or she was up and didn't approve of her going, but didn't want to fight with her either. So thankfully, people driving by saw this all unfold and they stopped, they called an ambulance, the three boys were rushed to the hospital, and police say mom got out of the car and started talking as if she didn't do anything wrong. As a matter of fact, she told the officers, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, I just lost my eyesight. I can't remember what went wrong. Both cars were totaled or pretty banged up. And mom might have temporarily lost her eyesight because it has happened to her before, but the police still arrested her. She was booked without a mugshot, and they released her the same night, though. So you would think that our grams would have called one of us to say, hey, your mom went to the drugstore. She's been gone for hours. Have you heard from her? Nada. Grams just waited. And luckily, mom came home. But isn't that amazing? I mean, those two make me crazy. I can kind of see that happening because we had the 24-hour Walmart. Some maybe Grams was like, oh, she's, you know, because mom would do stupid stuff like that when she got the chance. So, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, who knows what those two. <laughs> <laughs> they would lie for each other no matter who had hurt, what, what was going on. Yep. They were two peas in a pod. So the next day, officers call our dad on his cell phone because they had questions about towing his car. But he probably thought he had like the wrong number. Well, no, not with our mom. No. <laughs> Can you imagine how pissed off he was? Oh my God. You can picture his face getting red right now. <laughs> Steam blowing out of his ears. So she didn't own up to the fact that she popped her prescription meds and probably some of Graham's too got in the car inebriated, or maybe she wasn't at that time. And it kicked in as it normally does, you know, mid driving down the road. Nope. Not her fault though, because she lost her eyesight. That was mom's like MO all the time. Not my fault, you know? And thankfully the teenager's parents didn't sue. She's so lucky. So yes, so lucky she did not seriously harm those boys or herself or anyone else because, you know, mom's guardian angels have had their run for their heaven currency big time. Big time. So I was really upset with her because she put herself and then those kids in harm way. But plus, I was also so ticked because she put everything they worked for in jeopardy. I mean, they could have lost their home. They could have lost their life savings. If they would have gotten sued, it could have been major. And so I warned mom, I said, mom, if our dad goes before you do, because you're gonna give him a freaking heart attack one of these days, you're going back to the funny farm lady. I'm gonna put you away as fast as you can light up a cigarette. I'm not dealing with your bullshit. You better pray nothing happens to him. And I, I was not happy after I said that. I, was, I felt so guilty and so terrible. But at the same time, I'm thinking, God, you know, it, it's got to be okay to be pissed off sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's got to be okay to be pissed off. You can't go around and think, well, they're sick. They can't help it. I shouldn't get mad at them. Uh, yeah, you should. I mean, I don't mean go say mean things like I did to mom. 
But if we don't let them know we're pissed off, they're just going to keep on testing us. I mean, shit, they're going to test us no matter what. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was episodes like that that became more frequent episodes in pills, you know, like I, we had said before, Amanda grew up in this environment. So I was not living at home when mom got really bad, but Amanda, you grew up in this environment and she gave you your first pill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mom, I'm, I don't blame mom whatsoever, um, for my addiction, but yes, um, I've dealt with my own demons. I've, abused pills unfortunately like mom i got clean i relapsed and then got clean again and i've been four plus years sober um like i said though not blaming mom whatsoever for what you know with my addiction but um she was the first person to hand me a painkiller well actually it was a muscle relaxer um what had happened was I had started my first job as a bus girl for our uh, local like little bar and restaurant brunch, ah, restaurant type thing. Mm-hmm. And I had the worst periods, still do, and I get cysts. And I was crying uncontrollably. I remember sitting on her lap. And mom being mom, you know, her not wanting me to be in pain, knowing I had to go to work, and she goes and hands me a pill called Soma. I call it Soma the coma pill. Very, very strong muscle relaxer. And uh, I took it, started walking to work. And as I started, you know, getting closer to work and it's starting to kick in. And that's when I fell in love with painkillers. That was my uh, first time trying it. And that's unfortunately where I fell in love with pain, pain medication. Right. And it was so easily accessible to you. Very easily, easily accessible. Like, like we've said in past episodes, I could open the cabinet before dad would lock up the medication and I had a whole pharmacy in front of me. So it was, it was just very easy and I could literally go in there and grab a Vicodin, you know, or a, a Flexerol. I mean, literally the woman had everything. And, uh, yeah, and that's, you know, kind of how I got into my habit. But can't blame dad and can't blame mom. Those are my choices. And, you know. Things you'll be dealing with for a long time. Yes. Yeah, it's a long, long, when you are an addict, you're, just because you become sober doesn't mean you're not an addict anymore. Forever, I will be an addict. And that is what I've learned, you know, getting help, you know, with AA, my sponsor, and... And we've lived on both sides of the situation, Amanda has especially. So we have so much more to talk about with you guys, and we're working on episode five and have a few different avenues and interviews, and we're still just trying to figure out what direction we want to take that episode. So we still hope you join us. You can always check us out on Instagram, and of course, they make me crazy to see what we have coming up. We'll be posting coming up episodes there, and Please, if you like it, subscribe, hit the like button, tell your friends, and don't forget to contact us.
Those of us living with people suffering from mental illness have a lot to deal with too. They're not the only ones hurting and we carry their burdens because we love them. We're not social workers and don't have professional training. We're just two girls who have lived through some things too. We'd love to hear from you. Let's build a community. Email us at ofcoursetheymakemecrazy@gmail.com. at gmail.com.